Alright everybody, what's going on? It's Casey back on another episode of the VIP Horror Podcast. And I'm sitting here joined once again by one of my best friends, Trent Eversoul. And we're actually not going to be reviewing a movie this time. We're actually going to be reviewing a video game. Now, when I say horror podcast, as you guys well know, I re- you know cover everything when it comes to horror, whether it's horror movies or horror video games, anything horror related. So, me and Trent are both gamers, no surprise. I think a lot of people become gamers that was not gamers last year because of the pandemic. And there was a game that came out that I have been a big fan of for a very long time. Uh, it's been around for 25 plus years now, and that's the Resident Evil series. Well, Resident Evil 8 Village just recently came out in May, and Trent and I both got our hands on a copy. Uh, we both got it on the Xbox Series X. Go ahead, be jealous. Um, <laughs> so... We got to scope it out. And, you know, a, a lot of people are fans of Resident Evil because it's zombie-related. You know, um, it's always been about zombies, but if you really want to be technical, it's not been about zombies. It's been about bioweapon, the T-virus. And throughout all the Resident Evil games, it's constantly mutated. To make a bigger, stronger bioweapon. Now, <clears throat> as far as Resident Evil games go, they've always had a horror aspect. But when it came to Resident Evil 5 and 6, it kind of went more of the action route. Which, to me, Resident Evil 5 was a good game. Resident Evil 6, not so much. I didn't enjoy the action too much. You know, I wanted the survival horror aspect of it. Uh, so when they created Resident Evil 7, it took kind of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre style to it. You know what I mean? With being trapped inside a house and figuring out that the family is cannibalistic and they're crazy and all this and that. And it really brought back the horror element. And I loved Resident Evil 7. I, to me, it gave a birth of fresh air into the Resident Evil franchise, which when you're sitting there thinking about it after six, when you're like, well, what more can they do? You know what I mean? Like, you can't keep doing the zombie route. So when they did Resident Evil 7, they really, you know, put some fresh air into the franchise. So Resident Evil 8 is obviously a direct sequel to Resident Evil 7. Same character, Ethan, you know, you know Ethan, of course, who the main character in Resident Evil 7 and 8, who you play as. But this time, in Resident Evil, instead of zombies, they brought werewolves, vampires, stuff like that. There was some zombies in it, but not many. I think that was just like pretty much in the cave, pretty much. Not trying to spoil any parts of the game. But I've always been a huge fan of werewolves. I've, I've always been a huge fan of werewolves. So when I found out that Resident Evil 8 was going to take that direction to werewolves, I'm like... Oh man, they can actually make werewolves scary. And to me, they did. They done a really good job with this. So, Resident Evil 8 to me was probably the best Resident Evil in the franchise. Now Trent, I know I've been sitting here talking for about three minutes doing this introduction. 
So I was giving the whole backstory to all the listeners. So now that I've gave the backstory, let's talk about Resident Evil 8. Uh, what was your take on this game, you being a lifelong Resident Evil fan? Exactly. And I'm no noob to the gaming world, so let's get that straight right now. Not to give our age away, but we remember Resident Evil back during director's cut when most of y'all weren't even conceived yet or you were still shitting in your diapers. <laughs> 1996, <laughs> actually, to be the exact date. I didn't know that one, but thank goodness we got Casey the Encyclopedia here. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was a fresh take on a great game. I will have to agree. I enjoyed Resident Evil 5. They Resident Evil 4 was a very good game. I yeah. really enjoyed Resident Evil 4. I, I played too. the crap out of it. Um, Resident Evil 5, bringing the whole action aspect into it. I still liked it. Enjoyed the game. Probably played it more than I should have, but I wanted to unlock all the extra goodies and the infinite ammo for all the weapons. And <sighs> Resident Evil 6. That was a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. I, uh... I honestly, I did not beat that Resident Evil. I beat it with all three characters. Jake, Leon, Chris. I beat it with Leon and no one else. I tried the Chris story and it just, it lost me. Halfway through, I was like, screw this. And I stopped playing it. Resident Evil 7, that that game was awesome. It it was like a breath of fresh air for the Resident Evil series. I'm so glad they went back to the formula that has worked for Resident Evil for so long. Not trying to sound like I'm against change or whatnot, but at the same time, if something already works, why go and change it? Why try and fix it? You had a great formula going. You just had to run with it. Keep it fresh. Keep up with the graphics. Keep up with gun styles and animations you know we don't need you throwing wacky stuff in there like was I a fan of the Silent Hill series yes but I don't need lightsabers and laser guns and this and that crap I like lifelike type deals uh, actual weapons that in real life you can put your hand on you can touch but yeah bringing the werewolves into it and the vampires into it it was uh it was amazing. I was blown away the entire time I was playing it. Uh, funny enough, Casey asked me, Hey, man, I, I beat this part. You know, not trying to spoil anything for y'all. And How close am I to beating the game? Casey, That that's the first one you just come across. You, you've still got more bosses and mini bosses to go through, bud. Because you know? <laughs> I got Resident Evil 8. I sat down started playing, and I had it beat first week. Yeah, Resident Evil 8, it was really easy to lose track of time playing that. And the way that they make it out with all the promotional videos and everything else in it, that Demetrius, is that how you say your name? How do you say your name, Trent? Is I'm going to go with what you said because Dem I'm probably going to slaughter it worse. I think, I'm pretty sure it's Demetrius, and uh, she's the tall vampire lady in Resident Evil 8, and if you look at all the promotional stuff in Resident Evil, and even the demo, they made it out that she was the main boss in the whole entire game, that she, the, the Resident Evil 8 was based around her. 
And, you know, this this is going to be spoiler alert uh, in some aspects of it. We're going to try to keep it spoiler-free without ruining any part of the story. Uh, Demetrius is actually not the main boss in Resident Evil and her three daughters. They are not the main boss. They are actually the first boss they're like the lowest on the level of being a boss. Yes. Um, and, you know, thinking back um, out of all the bosses, you know which one was the creepiest? And this is not giving no spoilers because it's not telling anything. Uh, the baby. The doll. The, yeah, the fucking doll baby. Yes. That Holy and, crap. Well, and don't forget, the, the fetus. Yes, people, you have to fight a fetus, a mutated zombie fetus. That's crying like a baby. It is, when I was came across that, that part in that game gave me freaking goosebumps. Like, that is probably one of the freakiest moments. And you're not even that big of a horror fan. I mean, you've kind of developed into a horror fan in the past few years, but you didn't used to be. Now you've you've tampered with it and you kind of lock it. You have to admit, that kind of probably freaked you out, too. It it freaked me out, and it's hard to freak me out. And yeah, There was a part where I'm like, okay, awesome. I'm about done with this because I am sick and tired of this thing chasing me around, and I'm having to find places to hide. Just when you think it's over, you hear it screaming and yelling and crying. It's like, oh, shit, where is this thing? Yeah, and it pops out of nowhere. Just out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not trying to spoil anything, but you realize you never really beat that boss. That boss never got killed. Well, yeah, actually it did. If you think about the ending. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. Not trying to ruin the ending for anybody that has not played Resident Evil Village. Spoiler alert, there's spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Resident Evil 8, The Village, to me, was the best Resident Evil ever. Like, the werewolves, the vampires, like, you know, when you think about that and you're like, okay, well, Resident Evil's always had zombies, and then if you tell a hardcore Resident Evil f- fan, not going to mention no names... But if you tell a hardcore Resident Evil fan, like, hey, Resident Evil 8's not going to have no zombies. It's going to have werewolves and vampires. They're going to be like, that's freaking stupid. Like, they're they're ruining Resident Evil. No, they're not ruining Resident Evil. It's just they're expanding a formula. You can't keep having the same thing over and over and over because then at that point when the sequels and these new games come out it's just like well why buy it's just going to be the same thing it's just like call of duty you know you got to change it up every year you keep pumping out the same thing people are going to be like what the heck i mean this is i'm not entertained by this you know yeah yeah if you're listening call of duty anti-cheat put it in (laughs) holy shit fuck warzone (laughs) but not to get on the subject about Call of Duty, but just giving an example about, you know, the way that Resident Evil went and the fact that Chris Redfield's still in it. It's still a mainstay of the Resident Evil 
story. You're still having a character from the very first Resident Evil still in the game, still being present. And, uh, you know, as far as, like, the stars and where the stars team is at and where all that's going from the very first Resident Evil, that's kind of dead and gone. You know, Wesker's died in the fifth one, and, you know, you don't really, you hadn't really heard anything about Jill, Barry, or any of them since Wesker's died because Wesker's was really the only type of connection that had to the stars. You know what I mean? Uh, Leon and Chris, they've always been mainstays of Resident Evil, just not aside from Stars. Now, which Leon Kennedy was never a Stars member, but when you think Resident Evil, when you're thinking who's the main characters that stand out, you think Chris Redfield, Leon Kennedy. So I think it was good that Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8 expanded in playing introducing new characters as Ethan, you know what I mean? Um uh, but also keeping somewhat of the original Resident Evil in it by having Chris Redfield in it, you know? So it's like a continuing story of all the games. Uh I I thought it was pretty cool that you get to play as Chris Redfield. Uh that was I mean that was a lot of fun playing as that and you know, like I said, I'm trying to keep this spoiler free, but when you start playing as Chris and you have all them werewolves coming at you, that was fun as crap. Like, holy crap. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Uh, the look out the window combination scare. Yep. That one made me about throw my controller like, oh! <laughs> that was really scary. There are a bunch of parts in the game that I was like, yep, Casey's going to be coming up on these. And if I know him, he's going to be like, about throw his controller. <laughs> I about did. Uh, yeah, there's 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 quite a few pop up scares that catch you out of nowhere in this game. Uh, yeah, I, I Resident Evil Village. If even if you're not a fan of Resident Evil, even if you've never played any of the Resident Evil, Chase is a prime example. Um, Resident Evil Village is a great game. You can pick up Resident Evil Village and play it, but I, I recommend you play in Resident Evil 7 first, and then play in Resident Evil Village. You don't have to play the first Resident Evils 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. You can actually pick up at 7 and start from there, because 7 and 8 are a continuing story. Right. And you also want to play number 7, because then you'll get all the memes and stuff out there about how evidently uh, Capcom and the makers of Resident Evil hate hands. <laughs> You'll have to fill me in on that meme, too. Well, in 7 and in 8, where what happens to Ethan's hands? They get cut off. They get cut off. They get hacked up. He gets hung on meat hooks. There's constantly damage to his hands, and somehow he keeps on trucking along and wrapping them up in bandages and pours a little water on, and he's good to go. But they do explain that in the eighth one towards the end. They do. I wasn't going to ruin it for people, but I think they hate hands. They yeah. got something against hands. Uh, kind of like, you know, uh, it was funny whenever Ethan's hand got cut off in there. It was kind of like, well, crap, how the heck am I going to hold a gun? How am I going to shoot people in this now? Like, it kind of, like, threw you for a loop a little bit, you know? Like, what the heck? 
But I know exactly what's going through your mind, Casey. What? Dude, oh my gosh, they're bringing Ash from Evil Dad in it? I'm about to shove something <laughs> in my arm and walking around. I'm going to have a chainsaw hacking these werewolves up. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's, a, it's a really great game. So yeah, if you're a horror fan or a Resident Evil fan, whatever, I mean, you cannot go wrong with Resident Evil 8. I mean, it is a phenomenal game. And like I said, you don't have to play previous Resident Evils except for the seventh one. You can pick up the seventh one, follow the story, and then boom, you jump right into the eighth one. And I, I mean, it's it's got a great story to it. And the story is so good that you're hooked from start to finish. Like, I'm ready for Resident Evil 9, but you know as well as I do, I don't know how they're going to continue with it, with the Ethan story. They could because of the way the eighth one ended, if you get what I'm saying. They could. I think that's why we're getting a remake of Resident Evil 4. They need time to think, well, where are we going next? Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to that because, like I said earlier, I I really enjoyed Resident Evil 4. I did too, and I liked the, how they remade Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 for the current video game systems because they were... You know, Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8 doesn't play the same as Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. So it's kind of like you got two different styles of Resident Evil, if you think about it. They're both really good. Either one. Um, If they're remaking Resident Evil 4, it's going to play the same style as the second and third Resident Evil. Uh, Which the remakes of RE2 and RE3 still play better than the originals. I have no clue how we used to play the originals. Neither do I. Um, You know, actually, after beating Resident Evil 8, I've wanted to revisit Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. Um, And if you notice, they've kind of been pumping out Resident Evil games every single year. So, but if you notice, it's like Resident Evil 2 remake and then Resident Evil 7. And then it was Resident Evil 3 Remake, and then Resident Evil 8. So, next year's obviously going to be a Resident Evil 4 Remake, because it's heavily rumored. I've even heard rumors of Code Veronica Remake, which would be cool. Because I love that one. I love the interaction between Weskers and Chris, Claire and Weskers. Like, I was always a huge fan of Weskers. I thought he was the the best bad guy ever in a game. You know, anytime that I saw Wesker's was going to be in a Resident Evil game, I got excited just because I thought he was a badass. Uh, You can't take away from any of, like, the side Resident Evils. Code Veronica, Outbreak, all of them, they were good. Yeah, they were. Um, But reflecting back on Resident Evil 8, if I had to give Resident Evil 8 a 1 out of 10, I am going to be real with y'all. I give it a VIP horror podcast stamp of a 10. It was a perfect 10. There is seriously no flaws in this game at all. It is perfect from start to finish. Trent, what's your take? Well, I will say this. Did I enjoy the game? Yes. Was it fun? Yes. But there was one thing in that game that stood out to me that I picked up on real quick. And for those of you listening, if you haven't gone and checked out our review that we did on the Forever Purge, you might want to go and listen in on that. I will give RE8 the VIP Horror Podcast stamp of approval. 10 out of 10. It would have been a 9 out of 10 for me. Just 
because, I mean, did I enjoy it? Oh, yeah. Replayed it? Yeah. There's a few things missing, but the 10 out of 10, they got that extra point because they didn't cram current world problems down our throat. They weren't afraid to do what they wanted to do. There was nothing political in it. Nothing was being crammed down my throat. And that vampire lady, she had a booty and she had huge knockers. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you guys have not checked out Resident Evil 8 The Village, if you have, whether you have Xbox Series X, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, or, or Xbox One, go out there and pick up a copy of Resident Evil The Village. You will not be disappointed. Uh... The best Resident Evil game, hands down. Anyways, that's going to uh, be it for this episode of the VIP Horror Podcast. You'll catch Trent with me on future episodes. Uh, but until then, keep on rocking, and I'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>